Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. All right, hello, 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 and welcome back to Chris Platy Presents Hip Hop and Basketball. This is an NBA podcast. This is NBA podcast number four of 13 in a series that I'm doing devoted strictly to the free agency. Uh, this has been the craziest free agency so far. Lots of money being thrown around, lots of player movement. And so to honor that, I'm doing 13 podcasts in 13 days, and this is episode four a recap of day two and a look into what to expect for day three. Now, this one is a little bit different than the other podcast because uh, we do have, we don't have as many deals, but we do have some names, some big names actually involved in some crazy um, new rumors. And and there's a a lot of new developments and Al Horford, obviously, which we'll get into later. And Kevin Durant, again, we'll get into those big names later, but let's start with some of the little stuff. So today, just a few hours ago, I'm recording this at 1.03 Eastern Time, and um, the Jazz made a trade with the Wizards. Uh, Trey Burke is going to the Wizards for a 2021 second round pick, and that is that is a good deal for Washington. Washington gets a gets a nice backup, and um, Utah is able to get in return a second round pick, which I think you could have got a little bit more for Trey Burke, but. At the same time, it frees up the logjam that they have in the backcourt, especially at the point guard position. So it was kind of one of those moves that had to happen. But um, let's get in. That was the only trade that happened. Let's get into some free agency news. So first, we'll start off with one of the smaller deals of the day, which was um, Bismack Biombo going to the Magic for four years, seventy-two million, really cashing out on that great. Um, on that really great performance that he had in the playoffs um he he had a he had just an amazing performance in Toronto he was protecting the rim he stepped up when Valanciunas was down and he really showed that he is a he's a great rebounder he is a an elite rebounder he is great at pick and roll defense he, he's great at switching he's great at um he's great at protecting the rim like I said uh so he he has all these nice skill facets that um that a backup big man should have and for 4 years 72 million I'm not I don't think that's a bad contract. I mean, when you think about Mozgov getting 4 years 65 million, if you're paying only 7 million more for a guy like Biombo who's far better than Mozgov then then I, I like that trade or signing rather, but I don't know if I'm not I'm not a fan of the fit with the Magic. I just I don't know what they're doing. I mean, I get it that he can maybe play alongside Vucevic because Vucevic isn't a great defender, but Vucevic can't defend fours, and maybe Biombo can protect the rim and cover up his flaws. I don't know how that works. I think, in theory, that's what they're going for, is the fact that Biombo can replace Abaka, who's playing alongside Vucevic. I imagine those two are starting, but and, and Biombo will be the backup big man who protects the rim and plays with Vucevic a little bit, too. But um, I don't I don't know what they're doing. I want them to give minutes to their young guys and develop. But like I've said in other podcasts, it looks like the Magic are desperate to make the playoffs, so they're trying to uh, sign some sign some quality players, some quality role players that will get them there. 
but I believe that they're sacrificing their future. Um, all right, so next uh, next up we'll go Courtney Lee signing to the Knicks. This was a, this was a, a move I liked, a kind of under the radar move that I liked. Uh, four years, fifty million to the Knicks. Uh, he basically replaces Aaron Aflalo. I think he's I think he's slightly better than Aaron Aflalo. His number Courtney Lee's numbers were better last year, and I think he's just a better scheme player. He fits into defenses very well, and he's able to and he shot the ball better than Aaron Aflalo last year from beyond the arc. So. Those are those are two big factors. He's basically a three and D guy. You're not going to get much more from him than that. But he also had a really really great stretch for the Grizzlies earlier in the season, where he was shooting north of fifty percent from three, and he was one of the elite shooters in the game. So I think it's I think it's a nice contract, four years, fifty million. That's that's not bad. So I, I'm I'm with it. I think I think that's a good move for the. I think that's a good move for the Knicks. Um, I I wasn't a fan of the Noah signing earlier, as I said in my last podcast. But you know, Courtney Lee is Courtney Lee will give them tremendous help in the backcourt, which is I think the area they really need help more than the frontcourt. Uh, so next up, Marvin Williams re-signed with the Hornets, four years, fifty-four million. Uh, again, he he really kind of broke out last year as a stretch four. He he's also been he's also been analytically, if you look at the analytics, he's also a very good defensive player, um, and he can guard opposing fours very well, and also sometimes threes. So he's he's very versatile. Again, he's he's a three and D type guy, which is very rare for a power forward. Uh, usually, power forwards are just stretch fours, and they can't really defend too well. But he can actually defend above average, and that makes him extremely valuable. So for that price and and the ball movement that the Hornets use in their offense and and all the all the screens, off ball screens, flare screens, all those things are um, are huge. And Marvin Williams will really help you with that when you have a guy who can stretch the floor because the Hornets have they can go four out, they can go five, they can even go five out. So the way the ball moves in their offense, he'll definitely get touches and he'll definitely make enough shots to be worth that money. So great, great pickup by the Hornets um, by retaining him. All right, next up, um, Ev- oh, sorry, not Evan Fournier, um, uh, Ian Mahimi, yes, <laughs> I believe I said that right. So Ian Mahimi goes to the Wizards, four years, $64 million. So again, not only did they pick up a backup point guard, um, but they also they also picked up a nice center. Uh, he he's Ian Mahimi's shown flashes in Indiana that he could be that he that he can be something very serviceable, and I think that's really what he is is a serviceable big man. Uh, again, that's basically the contract of Mozgov. I think he's far better than Mozgov, and um, I, I I do have one concern about him though is that last year he lost a lot of playing time to Miles Turner. So with that being said, uh, you know it's it's never good when a guy who's been in the league for seven plus years is losing minutes to a guy who is uh, a rookie. So I don't know I don't know how much of it, he was a product of the system in Indiana or if it was just uh, or if it was just Miles Turner outperforming him. But either way, he's he's a nice middle of the pack center to have. I I I think you could do better for uh, for backup centers, but. You know he's he's not the worst backup center you're gonna have in the league. So that that was a good move. Speaking of Aaron Afalo earlier, he goes to the Kings on a two-year, twenty-five million dollar contract. Now, the Kings 
you know, I, it's it's hard for me to give them credit for any move that they make because it, it always seems to end bad, and the players always seem to um, underperform while they're there. But Aaron Afalo is a is a veteran, and he's a guy who's always had a level ahead and plays um, with high character. So I think that maybe he can he can be one of those voices in the locker room that Demarcus Cousins needs. And I know it sounds silly, but I mean, for two years, twenty five million. If he provides that locker room, if he can make that Kings locker room into a positive, then that all of a sudden you might have a totally different Kings team because it had the Kings have a bunch of pieces that don't fit, but they have talent, and you can't deny that. So. I think Aaron Aflalo giving them a veteran presence is actually a smart move for the Kings, and and he's still and he's still pretty productive for his age too. So uh, again, I think it's I think it's a good pickup for the Kings, and I hope um, if you're a Kings fan, you you got to be hoping for the fact that Aaron Aflalo can again provide that veteran presence that Demarcus Cousins and so many of these other Kings players need. Okay, next Trevor or Trevor, sorry, Trevor Booker going to the Nets from the Jazz. Two years, eighteen million dollars. So a nine million year contract for Trevor Booker, who is turned into a stretch four. He was he was a nice role player for the Jazz last year. Uh, kind of kind of dipped off at the end of the season, but he but he's he's a great role player. He's he's again another stretch four and that's really there's really nothing to talk about with him because I mean he's a very prototypical stretch four. Uh, but he's still developing into a stretch four. So I like that move by the Nets, try and get veteran presence and try and just develop develop their young guys and have leaders on their team. So smart move by the Nets to pick up Trevor Brooker. All right, next up is the Wuol Dang to the Lakers, four-year, 72 million. Now, again, you'll see a reoccurring theme here. I like this deal for the veteran presence that Wuol Dang brings one of the known around the league as one of the best professionals in the game. Um, I would have liked to have seen him go to a younger team like Minnesota and a less um, dysfunctional team than the Lakers. But at the same time, I think that these are the kinds of guys that you sign and that help bring that culture, that winning culture to a franchise that desperately needs it. Cause the Lakers are looking for that culture right now and they don't, they don't have it. So well, Dan can bring you some of that and along with some other, sign some other veterans and maybe you can start to change things around and help develop those young guys. All right, now next I wanted to get into the Rockets because the Rockets made uh, two big signings and I thought that they were great. Um, but before that, I, I just want to point out, of course, Doc Rivers re-signed his son, Austin Rivers, to the Clippers three years, $35 million ridiculously overpaid don't want to go too too much farther into that but um in terms of in terms of um oh yeah John Wooler with the Pistons that's that's the last one I wanted to get into so John Wooler with the Pistons went from the Suns to Pistons he's a stretch for average about eight and a half a game last year didn't uh didn't play too much during the season uh he his minutes were inconsistent that whole that whole uh rotation was inconsistent throughout the whole year so I really don't know what to expect from him, although he is a he is a bulky body. So with his with his size, he should be able to rebound very well. And uh, if he can if he can get in contact with that three point touch, then that's a, that's a great move and a great replacement for Anthony Tolliver, who went to the Kings. Again, another great pickup by the Kings, a very low key, probably might not even make the rotation, but Anthony Tolliver was was a huge part of the Pistons' success. 
and he's a great locker room guy. So the, the Kings are doing it right, I think, this free agency by getting guys that are positives in the locker room instead of negatives. Okay, so now let's get to the Rockets. All right, so the Rockets signed two big names. Again, they, they wanted Al Horford, who went to the Celtics. I'll get into that in a minute. But uh, when they struck out on Horford, they immediately, not even hours later, signed um, signed Ryan Anderson and Eric Gordon, two former teammates, actually. And now they're teaming up again once again in Houston. Now, Ryan Anderson is fit for that Houston system. He is a stretch four. He is one of the originators of the stretch four. <laughs> um, he's been he's been a stretch four his entire career. He's not one of those guys that developed into that. And he shoots at a high percentage. Uh, he does have some health issues, but he he also has an underrated. He's just an underrated offensive player because I think whenever somebody thinks of him, they think of him as just a stretch four. But he's also a good screener. Um, he, he hits the mid-range very well, and he can occasionally roll to the basket and finish well at the rim. So I think that he's he's underrated in those aspects, and I think that that was a great pickup for the Rockets because in his system, he's going to be utilized to the max, and uh, Harden, Ryan Anderson pick and rolls will be great because, again, Ryan Anderson's a great screener. So between his screens giving Harden that extra space to get to a basket, then you have to choose between Harden taking it to the basket and double-teaming Harden and leaving Anderson open or letting Harden go one-on-one with, with, um, with a mismatch. So, so that's, a, that's a good pick. Um, I, expect to, I expect that pickup to be um, one of the, be- the better of the two pickups, and I expect, uh, I expect a lot of Harden and Ryan Anderson pick-and-rolls. Now, th- this one, Eric Gordon, who they also signed, again, a talented guy on paper, but durability issues have to concern you and if if I'm the Rockets I honestly I don't know how that how he fits with uh James Harden because Eric Gordon's a guy who dominates with the ball in his hand he likes to have the ball in his hand a lot and he's much better on the ball than off the ball he he doesn't really create his own looks off the ball too well but um he's gonna have to learn how to do that because James Harden controls the ball all the time so I don't know if Eric Gordon's planning to be the sixth man or if he's planning to play alongside Harden, I imagine at at four years, fifty three million dollars, that they're going to play them together sometimes. And you, I don't think you'd sign Eric Gordon for that much money if you didn't think that him and Harden could coexist. Uh, I just don't know how it works. Neither of them are great defensively either. Uh, like I said, Eric Gordon very um, has has a lot of a lot of health issues. He's never really been consistently healthy except for one season where he did perform well so again um I don't know I'm not crazy about that move but overall the fact that they signed uh, two relatively big names in the free agency pool uh was it considering it was a plan b it was a great plan b and it worked out very well so uh credit to the Rockets once again they swing for the fences they don't get their guy but then they they always have a great plan B and they were able to execute their plan B and and uh, I I believe that they got two of the t- top three guys they wanted so so great pickup by the Rockets we'll see how we'll see how it all works out um, again the the guard play will be a huge and interesting factor for me I'll I'll be watching that all throughout preseason and the regular season because I don't know how dy- it has the potential to be dynamic but it also could be very very flammable and very um very explosive because 
Harden and Harden doesn't get along with people who take the ball from him. So we'll see how it goes. All right. So now let's get into Al Horford, I guess, because we'll get into Horford for a little bit. Then we'll go into Durant and then that will take us to the end of the podcast. So Al Horford signs for four years, $113 million with the Celtics. Now, I believe that's the max he could get. I'm not entirely sure. Um, that is the reported number. It hasn't been confirmed yet. But uh, Al Horford took to Twitter to announce his uh, to announce his signing with the Celtics, saying Celtic pride. And I read various reports that said the selling point for Al Horford going to the Celtics was the fact that he grew up a Celtics fan and he really wanted to be a Celtic player. And that the Celtics did a good job of selling him that dream. So uh, that was a huge factor for Al Horford in, in going there. And now this is interesting because he was he was uh, deciding between the Wizards, the Rockets, the Celtics, and I don't I haven't found any reports um, linking to what the other team was because there was apparently four teams he was choosing between, and nobody knew the fourth team. My guess is it would be like San Antonio, maybe, but maybe not because San Antonio is involved in Durant sweepstakes. Uh, but but this is a good move. Uh, this is a great move for Boston. He fits them. He fits them very well. He gives them another scoring option, which they desperately needed. He can stretch the floor. He can score in the post. He can defend. He's just a smart player. He sets great screens that Al Horford and Isaiah Thomas pick and roll will be great. Uh, I also I also like the, the whole pick and roll between um, Avery Bradley and Al Horford. I think that can be a great one, too. But uh, again, less minutes for Kelly Olynyk. I'm a fan of that. Uh, Al Horford is by far the best defender of, of the Kelly Olynyk and Jared Solinger, Amir Johnson combination. So uh, great, great improvement on both ends of the floor. And Brad Stevens does a good job of maximizing versatile guys like Horford, who, I mean, really is a, is a Kelly Olynyk 3.0, does everything Kelly Olynyk does, but far better and, and a little bit more things that he doesn't do. So... Great pickup by the Celtics. Um, I also thought he would have been a great fit in Detroit again with the with uh, alongside Andre Drummond, who is a better rim protector than Horford, uh, and Horford can stretch the floor. But you know, great signing. Horford's a guy who really does fit anywhere. And apparently, I just read before I got on air, I read that um, Al Horford didn't want to play with the Hawks once they announced signing Dwight Howard. So I don't know if. I don't know if um, the Hawks were that fourth team or maybe the Hawks were considered kind of uh, weren't even counted as a team. I don't know. I'd have to read the original report if it was four other teams in Atlanta or it was four teams. Um, but either way, he was considering Atlanta, who Atlanta, once they signed Howard, I thought yesterday on the podcast when I said this, I thought that that meant Horford was gone. But really, what it, um, really they were trying to get both. And they were even considering trading Millsap because that would be the only way to make it happen. So, uh, but Horford, Horford, there were reports that Horford didn't want to play with Howard. So that's why Al Horford went to the Celtics. And the Celtics, look, they they dodged a bullet because they could have ended up with no Horford and they could have ended up with Howard. But instead, you got Horford. So great, great, um, great move by the Celtics. Uh, really lucked out. Now the interesting thing, and this ties into the segue with Durant, is Durant is now announced. Well, he hasn't announced, but there, there's been a report that he will make his decision within the next 24 to 36 hours. And this came out late uh, evening, 
late evening last night. So expect a decision by the 4th of July. Um, and, and the whole thing with Al Horford is that apparently there's another report that came out saying that Durant, um, Durant having Horford in Boston has no impact on his decision. Now, to me, that means that he's not considering Boston. And I don't know. I, I think it's a good move for Durant because everybody says go to the East, go to the East is so much easier. But at the same time, either you you got to look at it this way. You either got to get through the Warriors and the Spurs or you got to get through LeBron. So either way, no matter what conference you go to, you're going to face a tough team. You're going to face an elite team. You're going to have to beat at least one elite team to get to the finals. So and And LeBron's a guy who's always had Durant's number. So I don't buy the whole going to East is that much better, especially when you're leaving the roster that the that the Thunder have. Um, no offense to Horford and Isaiah, but Russell Westbrook is far better player than both of them, and um, and the Thunder have a better supporting cast too. They they their supporting cast fits far better than the Celtics supporting cast. So I I don't see him leaving to the Celtics, and I think that that. That little hint there that Al Horford's decision weighed no impact on his on his decision makes makes me think two things: one, he's already made up his mind, and two, that his mind is not with the Celtics. And it was also um, before that there was also this report that he rules out the Clippers, which was to me surprising that this report came out because he was quote blown away by their presentation. Close quote. That was the that was a quote that they were running with, and I believe it was Kevin Durant's agent that leaked that. Uh, again, there's no there's no confirming that, but I imagine that that's who said it. Um, so so again, it shows that Kevin Durant, even though he was wowed in all these meetings, that that he um he was able to rule out the Clippers quickly, and that means that I think I think he's staying. I think that's a. I think these two reports are clear are a clear indication that he's staying, but also um, the the Warriors do make a lot of sense for him, so I don't I don't know where he goes. I really don't. Um, it it's kind of it's kind of that feeling I had with Warriors Cavs finals this year, where I thought all along the Warriors were going to win, but I always had this doubt that Cleveland was just going to overcome it, even when the Warriors were up three one. I still had this little bit of doubt in me that the Cavs were going to come back. And that's kind of how I feel about this free agency decision is that Durant might sign um might sign might sign with the Thunder or he might sign with the Warriors. Now, I I'd have to check the uh stipulations of this because it's it's there's an equation of how much you can make as a player and it it's um it determines your years in the league and it's and it's also a percentage of the cap space. So um, Durant is, if he signs a one plus one, the reason why his it's so beneficial to him is because he'll become a ten-year player, and that tenth year is when uh, is when the max contract for a player, like the max eligibility for a player, goes sky high. But um, I wonder if if signing one year with another team, and I don't know this for a fact, I'd have to look this up. So any of you that know this. Um, Tweet at me on my on my Twitter, which is crispy eleven thirty two. That's C H R I S P Y eleven thirty two. Is if he does sign a one plus one with let's say the Warriors, if he's still eligible for that same amount of max money he would be with the Thunder, 
or would he have to sign maybe another year? Maybe there's a clause where you have to sign, you have to be with a team for at least two years or a contract greater than one year in order to sign a max with them, um, or be eligible for a higher max. I would have to, I would have to check that out. But anyways, I I think that I think that Durant is kind of just courting teams, and I think he's I think this is kind of a trial run for him. I don't think that he's actually going to sign with anybody I think he's going to do the one-year opt-in uh with the Thunder and sign sign the one plus one deal with the Thunder stay there for one year and this kind of gives him a taste of how the inside of all these teams look and then he's going to let it play out for one more year and make a decision so I think if he leaves it's next summer not this summer but also I don't know if the Warriors cap space will be able to um or the Warriors will have as much cap space and as much flexibility as they have now because remember, after this season, Curry's contract is up. So with that being said, um, I think they'd rather get Durant now. Um, again, Curry's not going anywhere regardless, but uh, it just it just creates more of a cap hold and more of a financial strain if Kevin Durant tries to join next year versus this year. And they're coming off of 73-9, and nine, so if Durant comes to this Warriors team, they might be the best team of all time, and they definitely have the potential to be. So with that being said, again, I'm sticking with the Thunder, retaining Kevin Durant, but that is the latest news. Um, I'm checking my phone right now to make sure that anything didn't happen in terms of uh, in terms of deals or anything while we were doing the podcast. And it looks like it looks like all the deals that I went over were the only deals that happened. So that will do it. Again, this is about 1.30 Eastern time right now as as we're wrapping up the podcast. Um, so let's wrap it up. All right, guys. Thanks for listening to Chris Platty Presents Hip Hop and Basketball. This is an NBA podcast on the series of free agency where I'm doing 13 episodes in 13 days. This is episode four. So stay tuned for the rest of the series. You can find all my stuff on my Twitter at chrispy1132. Through there, you will find a link to my Podbean and my iTunes, whatever is easier for you. Apple users um, say that iTunes podcasts are easier for them. Then uh, Android also says Podbean is easier for them. So whatever is easier for you, check it out. And uh, I'd appreciate any type of feedback you have to offer. You can follow me on Twitter and you can ask me questions and maybe they will air the show. So thank you guys for tuning in and make sure to check out both my NBA podcast and my hip hop podcast. I'll see you back tomorrow with episode five of Free Agency.